relaxed fit introductions. Yeah, me too. Uh, I enjoy our la- relaxed fit introductions where we just kind of like chit chat. Yeah. Do you think we got it from My Favorite Murder? Yeah, we kind of did. I it's mean, okay. it's there like, are a lot of shows that that do that. Yeah, I think Last Podcast on the Left does the same thing. I mean, a lot of the conversational shows are just like they just begin that way. And well, what other kind of podcasts are there than conversational? Oh, there are like scripted ones that are like it's true. And I, I don't mean I don't oh, mean scripted like, uh, I don't mean scripted like, like with um, a plot. I mean like like and like um, and. NPR, where they write everything beforehand and they just say it. Like you must remember this, where there's sure. like yes, yes, where yeah. it's there's definitely like she wrote all that beforehand and is just saying it. Right. Yeah. You're right. Okay, that makes sense. It has personality. I don't know. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Or you, you never know you, how the show. You have a per, per, per personality. Do you think? Do I have a personality? Do you, you have think a so? big personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember what my my sister made a joke about my personality the other day. Oh, it's because my mom and my okay. <laughs> so I went. Uh, my mom and my sister and I spent a whole afternoon together on Friday. It was delightful. Um, we went for tea at Doctor Bombay's, mm-hmm. and then we went Christmas shopping at Kudzu. Okay, which is my favorite place, my second favorite place in the world. Obviously, Doctor Bombay's underwater tea party in Candler Park is my favorite place. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Like where else would be my favorite place? Disney World. I like Disney World. It's um, all right. It's fun. I did yeah. go recently yeah. over Thanksgiving. Um, but it's no Dr. Bombay's did underwater you hear, tea party. I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you hear about the new Star 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 Wars Interactive Hotel that they're trying to how do you feel about that? I feel like if I stayed there, I would never leave. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. I you, the way you reacted to that, I was like, oh. Be- well, I was thinking about, I believe that's the hotel where they're actually going to have, instead of windows that see mm-hmm. outside into the world, mm-hmm. they like see outside into a fake space. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Mm-hmm. But I would love it. And apparently it's like a a scripted like experience that's scripted two, two days at a time. And like oh. everyone who stays there goes through the same experience in two two day increments. Oh, and like you're like there there was this ar- article about it that described it, and I was I almost sent it to you, but I was like I don't know how she'd feel about this, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to upset her. Um, I you love feel Star very Wars. strongly about Star Wars. I, so I didn't want to upset you. You know, it's funny people get. I will circle back to to Kudzu, or maybe we won't. I I'm know, so maybe, sorry. No, it's okay. Just... It's not actually. You know what? It's uh, I, it's not relevant. Um, <laughs> maybe it'll come up some other time. Um, I a lot of people seem to think that actually it was funny. I was on set yesterday with J and J Productions for um, um, uh, Kyla Priest's um web series that she's or is it a web series it's a pilot mm-hmm. i'm not sure if it's web series specifically but i was i was doing i was the sound mixer on so meant to be which i believe is uh i think they're going to be premiering it in february anyway um joanna wanted to ask me about the new star wars movie or mandalorian i think she wanted to ask me about the mandalorian this is actually a great segue sarah you're like the queen <laughs> of segues because i wanted to talk about the mandalorian anyway um, but she was like wanting to ask me about it. And then as I was talking about, she's like, oh, good. Yeah, I really wanted to ask you about it. But I know you really love Star Wars. It's like, <laughs> are, do Star Wars fans have this reputation of like violent fandom, fandom? like where you're just like, yeah, I want to set somebody do. off. They do. I'm not that yeah. kind of fan, though. I generally love 
almost everything Star Wars. Like, I'm just thrilled to have more Star Wars. I went so many years of my life only having the original trilogy, which I was perfectly happy to have. Watched it every day of my life. I was fine with it. Then we had the prequels, which admittedly I don't care for that much. Like, Mm -hmm. I will occasionally watch them for the novelty of it, but overwhelmingly dislike it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the only good thing about the prequels is Ewan McGregor, who is now getting Mm -hmm. his own uh, Disney Plus Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I'm sorry, what? Well, they're they're filming an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, Star Wars TV series, like The Mandalorian, which Mm -hmm. is a TV series. They're filming an Obi-Wan Kenobi show that takes place in between the Revenge of the Sith, which is the last episode of the prequels, and... um, a New Hope a or new hope, Star yeah. Wars or whatever yeah. you want to call it, the original Star Wars film. So that time in between where he was living on Tatooine, that's when the show takes place. Nice. And I think Ewan McGregor was the best thing about the prequels. Yeah. Pro- perhaps the only tolerable thing about yeah. the prequels, in fact. And more than tolerable, he was great. I thought yeah. he was great, given that that was a overwhelmingly terrible, shitty pile of shit three movies, Right. Basically, yes. Um, but even still, I'm not like violently angry about it. Like I don't yell at people about it. If you lo- if someone is like, I like the prequels, I'm just like, okay. Um, but I'm not going to fight them on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, what, I, I didn't really watch like the Clone Wars and stuff. Like I just wasn't into it. I know a lot of people feel really strongly about that. I tried reading a, a, one of the um, Star Wars novels um couldn't get into it it was almost more like a star trek you know star trek is very tech heavy Uh, it felt more tech heavy and less adventury to me Mm, and so i struggled a bit with that so i didn't quite enjoy those as much but there was really like you just had the prequels for a long time it was like the first ones and the prequels and that's all we had so once we started getting all the star wars and people are like i'm getting star wars fatigue i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like i've been (laughs) waiting my whole life for this i thought the force awakens was great yeah um i the last jedi as well i enjoyed the last i enjoyed the last jedi i loved a lot of it yeah there were parts of it i didn't like Mm -hmm. i did not care for the random errand to the world that looked honestly that part fairy felt like the prequels to me yeah where they go to that world in the casino and all that shit and everything they did had absolutely no effect on the story at large so it was like a completely useless side mission yes and i think finn is an excellent character he's really cool um a stormtrooper who is basically a child slave. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Let's explore that. Like, what kind yeah. of damage does he have? Like, where what, does he wonder about his family that he was taken from? Like, does he feel any loyalty to any part of the empire? Because yeah, there they are didn't other really people. Need to introduce a new char- char- character when they could have explored his character, right? Yeah, or just like explored his feeling like he doesn't want to join something because he was forced to join something. Like maybe he has trouble committing to being part of the rebellion because he doesn't want to get caught up in some political debacle again or like where he's just like a cog in the machine. Or maybe he feels some kind of um, loyalty, not to the Empire, but to the other soldiers that he grew up with that are still there. Like there's so many things you could have explored with that character and they didn't. And so I feel like they really did him dirty, you know, mm-hmm. like they gave him a shitty story in a, d- like the dumbest part of the movie, the stuff with Ray training 
with Luke. I loved it. The stuff with her and Kylo Ren having this weird force connection. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. All of the stuff about her like coming into her own as a Jedi. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved the way that it was shot. I thought um, some of the different turns they took that were like kind of outside the original mythology were great. Um, And so I did. And I loved Solo. A lot of people were like, well, Solo sucks. And I'm like, what are you expecting? It's a caper. It's like a space caper like yeah. what do you want it's fun you know it's a paper it's a sp- <laughs> <laughs> um so i might sound like a ranty star wars fan right now as mm-hmm. i talk about all these properties i rogue one also enjoy that as well um i liked all this stuff so when people are like cautious about do i like the star wars park i haven't been to it yet because we do go to florida every uh, thanksgiving um and go to disney but it's my cousin works for disney so he can get us in on the pat he has a certain number of passes a year but he can't get us into parks that have new attractions mm. so we haven't been to star wars yet wait is there a star star wars park at disney i thought it was like- oh yes right oh the harry pop pop potter world is at you universal right and okay. we've been to that one multiple times like we but he doesn't work for universal anymore right. but when he was working for universal we were able to get into universal as well mm-hmm. okay. um and so this year we went to epcot because that was one of the parks he could get us into and we had a great time because had an awesome time but we haven't been to star wars yet okay and I think that once I go, I will, like, you'll have to forward my mail because I'm not leaving. Okay. So is it part <laughs> of, is it a whole new park or is it part of Ma- Ma- Magic King- Kingdom or something? No, we went to Magic Kingdom last year. Um, and that's kind of the old older stuff. Yeah. So it's like uh, Jungle Cruise, which is problematic. Uh, Jungle Cruise, um, Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, what did we ride? Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's a small world. All that stuff. Yeah. That stuff is all in Magic Kingdom. Um, hey, you don't have to tell me about Disney World. I've been there like a million times. Oh, that's times. right. Well, what do you, is that your favorite place on earth? Yes, it is. What's your favorite thing about Disney World? Um, that, like it's magical i guess like it does when, feel like being on a film set to me it does it feels fake but like safe fake mm. like you can just kind of like relax and like you know that like my it is highly my, regimented <laughs> my, my 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 family since i was a kid like since i was like before i was born my parents went and then when i was like i have pictures of me at Dis- at epcot when i was a baby mm-hmm. and we went like almost every year until i was in my 20s and mm-hmm. i've taken two fr- friends there and like i just have such an a- attachment to that place but i haven't been there in over 10 years and it probably has changed but like when i was a kid oh yeah we started to make jokes about it like defending the 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 magic you know like there mm-hmm. was one trip we had like that we were like going to make t-shirts that said that and like because we were as kids we were starting to be like oh like disney is like a big evil corporation and like even more so now than it probably was 10 years ago yeah and so it was it was kind of like mixed (laughs) it it was like oh they're a big evil corporation but you know what when i'm there i'm like i'm like disney do whatever you want with me you can have me i'm serious exactly it's like i totally drink the kool-aid when i'm there me too I me just too. like that's, I don't that's know what, what defending happens the ma- the ma- to me. Ma- ma- magic is, but I can go in there and like I'm like 
this is great. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Trump is not president. Mm-hmm. And if <laughs> so, someone does, does anything hanky or someone steps out of line, you know that they're going to be on, be on them. Like they're you're gonna, it like when I was a kid, like, it was like they're you're gonna get like, kicked out. Of, it of sounds Disney. like a goddamn like, <laughs> like a con- communist state or, or something. Or like a, like I was gonna say like a fascist state, but oh yeah, um, yeah. doesn't feel that way when you're in there. But <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it kind of is. God, I'm just like oh, I feel safe and magical in here. That's it's what like, it's like to live under a fascist regime. Regime, is it? Yes. Only if you're certain people, though. If you're in yeah. certain groups, if you're in yeah. other groups, yeah, oh, it exactly. doesn't quite feel yeah. safe. Um. So, yeah, I um, I think that I, I really like, for example, Harry Potter, like my mom and my sister, they are they I love Harry. Po- I like Harry Potter a lot. I, I love Harry Potter. It's great. But it's not like it's not ingrained. It's not in my bones the way that Star Wars is you, like Star you Wars a is kid when it when it can't came out. Right. Yeah. Um, Star Wars is like part of my DNA, yeah. like and it's part of the DNA of my childhood. And so. I, f- I feel giddy like a kid when a new Star Wars movie comes out. Hmm. Um, and so I think I'll probably – I imagine I'll probably feel that way when I go to the park, um, which I think is a good segue to what I wanted to talk about. What, now, of course, we're, we do – we haven't even said the name of this podcast no, yet. No, oh, my God. Is this the, oh is this the Disney podcast? This is the Star Star Wars – Disney. Disney Plus. Podcast. No, it's not. No. It's the George Maid podcast. George Maid. So welcome to the George Maid podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And we've been prattering on for what, 15? Prattering. 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes without even saying. This is a podcast about film and filmmaking in Georgia. Not Star Wars. Um, no. And not Disney parks. Although it is uh, Georgia adjacent. Georgia adjacent. It's yeah. in our-, our um, Close enough to drive to. Our weird cousins, our weird state cousin, Florida. Cousin, you know, like Florida. Yeah, yeah. Florida's like that. Or cousin maybe our that weird like, state grandma. I don't. Is I feel. I feel like Florida is more like a cousin that is like that cousin that's been to jail. Yes. And you're like, you know, you guys like were close when you were kids, but they were there was always something kind of weird about yeah. them. You know, that's yeah. Florida to me. Yeah. Um. So bef- our topic today, which we'll get into in a moment, I've got one more thing I want to discuss before we get there. <laughs> Um, our topic today is what, Sarah? It is the movie that was written by one of our friends. It is Broadcasting Christmas. Broadcasting Christmas. That's right. So a Hallmark film. A Hallmark film. We felt like, so it was not shot in Georgia, nope. right? Nope. But in fact, did we even look up the filming locations? Was it shot in New York? Was it shot uh, in Vancouver? It seemed Vancouver-y. I feel like we could, like, I f- even though this film was not shot in Georgia, I really was racking my brain and I felt like there could not be a better Christmas film to talk about around the holidays than a, than a Hallmark film written by hometown hero Topher Holy. Payne. Where was it shot? Fairfield Cow- Cow- County, Connecticut. Okay, well, she is, and that's it. It wasn't shot anywhere in New York. So what were the scenes in New York filmed? They were filmed somewhere in like All down- it says is filming locations, Fair- Fairfield County, Connecticut. Okay. Um, I guess that makes sense. Those buildings did look a little quaint compared to actual New York City. It didn't feel as uh, yeah. high yeah. rise 
as a anyway we'll get into it but yeah uh topher Payne. uh for those of you who don't know um and if you're outside of atlanta you might might not be as uh, familiar with topher Payne. uh is a prolific uh atlanta mm-hmm. playwright he's written tons of plays yes um so we will talk more about him and the film that's our that is going to be our topic for this month uh i but i could not move on with our topic okay without talking about the mandalorian Okay. A little bit. Which I hadn't heard of on the dr- – Nicole found out on the dr- drive here that I hadn't even her- her- heard of it before. I, I just – I don't know how you could not have. I haven't been online that much. I was in chi- China and plus my family doesn't have di- di- Disney Plus because we okay. refuse to get a- a- any more new stuff. Okay. I don't want to sound like I'm uh, – I, I don't want to sound like a drone for Disney, but like, of course, I have kids, so I have to have Disney you have Plus. To. But also, if you're an adult, like, they have all the Pixar movies, they have all the Marvel movies, they have a huge. They bought Fox's catalog of movies, so they have a huge, they have a huge stockpile of Fox titles. Um, they have, of course, all the Disney movies except for Song of the South, which they're not releasing. Uh, please what listen to You Must Remember This Podcast for more information on that. By the way, the final episode was about Splash Mountain. It was one of the most riveting goddamn podcasts I've ever listened oh, to. Oh, I can't wait to li- I've been li- listening to it. I'm on the oh, wh- White al- Allies and com- Communism or whatever that Oh, that yeah, episode. those are about uh, Maurice Rapp, mm-hmm. the, the screenwriter. Um... So Disney Plus. Uh, so The Mandalorian's been out since early November. Yeah. No I'm idea. I'm just saying. Okay. So uh, that's why I had to download Disney yeah. Plus. Like, fuck my kids. Like, that is why we really downloaded Disney Plus was because <laughs> we like, we have to have access to all the Star Wars properties, like, 24-7. So um, The Mandalorian which is a television show. Um, it's released weekly. So it's not like a Netflix show. Like, Chris and I drop our plans every Friday to watch The Mandalorian because we're like, fuck everyone else. We need to know what happens on The Mandalorian this week. Um, it is, I'll say this about it. It is, so it's about a bounty hunter, Boba Fett-like type character. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've been wondering if part of the inspiration of the show was from the scrapped Boba Fett like side movie. Like after Solo didn't do so well, they also had a Obi-Wan movie and a Boba Fett movie planned. And they scrapped that. So they've got an Obi-Wan TV show in the works. And they've got The Mandalorian, which is about a bunty hunter who wears a helmet, looks very much like Boba Fett, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they did repurpose that stuff, I say kudos. Because uh, wh- one of the things that really works about the show is that we don't know anything about this guy going into the show. So we don't have any preconceived notions about like what happens to him or what his moral compass is. Like we're just like following him as he goes through his journey. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's played by Pedro Pascal, who is um, he's been on under a helmet the entire fucking time. The show has been on. He was on uh, Game of Thrones. Okay. That's how I remember him as uh, Oberyn Martell from Game of Thrones. The hot, hot guy from Game of Thrones who last I saw got his eyes gouged out and his skull crushed. Um, Pedro Pascal wears a helmet the entire time in this show. And uh, how can you relate to him? How can you connect to him? He does excellent helmet work, Sarah. That's how. Okay, helmet work. The helmet work is flawless. Okay. And I just like, I want him to take it off so bad. Yeah. 
Like he's almost taken it off like multiple times. And it's like. Is this like a tease or something? I want him to. Well, he has to keep it on because it's part of like the religion of his bounty hunter. Like the tribe that he's from um, that he was adopted into. Like they don't take their helmets off in front of anyone ever. Okay. Um, so I picture him in the shower, like still With wearing a helmet. The helmet. <laughs> yeah, okay. They, do they have shash? Probably. Like they have to bathe somewhere, right? Yeah. I'm picturing him in his jammies mm-hmm. wearing With the helmet. The helmet. Um, you, you would think they would make some like comfortable night helmet. Like a night, helmet. Like a soft nerf helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so his, but I, I just like, I want him, I like, I want to see his face. I want to make sure his eyeballs looked, are okay. Have you looked up his face online? <laughs> no, I know what his face looks like. Okay. I just like I just want to I want to know he I want to know he's inside there. <laughs> so I hope he takes some off soon. It'll um, be like the end of a season oh one. They'll be like someone. He almost <laughs> took it off in one of the episodes, and I was like, "It's happening! It's happening!" And then it didn't. Um, <laughs> the real reason I was flabbergasted that you knew nothing about the Mandalorian was like as a connoisseur of cute things Mm -hmm. the fact that you didn't know about okay this is all spoilers for mandalorian so if you are if you've been living under a rock and you have not seen any of the memes on the internet the breakout star of the mandalorian is a character we call baby yoda Hmm. and that's the exact like uh sound you made when i described baby yoda to you yes it's he he is so cute it's unreal. He has united this country in a way that I, or this world in a way that I feel like nothing else could. People cannot stop loving, like Baby Yoda. We all are just like holding our breath, hoping that Baby Yoda is going to be safe and taken care of every episode. I can feel the world holding their breath with me as I watch every episode of The Mandalorian. Oh We're like, what's, where's Baby Yoda? What's happening? And The Mandalorian, as a parent, I have to tell you, He's not great at his job as a parent. I'm a parent and he's doing, he's is like he, leaving the baby on the ship. Wait, I'm like, you can't leave a baby, baby on the ship. I'm not going to say anymore because I do want you to watch it. Oh, okay. Um, Baby Yoda. Well, the other interesting thing about Baby Yoda is he's a puppet. What? He looks He's not com- CG. Com- he's computer a animated. puppet. What? And when you watch it, it's, I think that's one of the reasons that, the world has fallen in love with Baby Yoda. It's that tangible so cute. puppet oh, cuteness. Okay. Now you know Werner Herzog, right? I've heard that name. Please. Refresh he's a my documentarian memory. and an independent, basically a, a art house filmmaker. Okay. So he's made some narrative films as well. But he is like one of those well, well most rose, one of the most well respected art house film directors in mm-hmm. in our modern age. Yeah. He plays. A character early on in the show that interacts. He's a director, and he play plays. Yeah, he a doesn't act very often, but they got him to act for okay. the show, and he interacts with Baby Yoda in a couple of scenes. I read an article, and it was an interview with Deborah Chow, who, by the way, directs an episode of uh, The Mandalorian. She's the first female to ever direct a Star Wars property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, she said that when Baby Yoda was on set, like first of all, Werner Herzog has said that. Baby Yoda is so adorable that it's that your heart breaks when you look at him. <laughs> also, oh my god, she said that they would do shots of baby with Baby Yoda in it, and then they would remove Baby Yoda and do it without him in case the puppet didn't look real, so they could put in CG. 
And Werner Herzog would say to them as they carried him off that he would say, you cowards! He's magnificent! (laughs) Oh my God. Which is such a Werner Herzog thing to say. Anyway, you got to watch The Mandalorian. Okay. Just just for for Baby Yoda. Just for Baby Yoda. Okay. I mean, it's also a great show. It has the right mix of nostalgia and new stuff because it's like I've got this new character. I don't know anything about him. I'm not following an old character, Mm -hmm. which I do enjoy also. But I think one of the hard things about Solo was that we had expectations. I enjoyed Solo, but I think a lot of uh, and I can feel this feeling and why people have this feeling when you have a beloved character that, you know, and you also, you know what their ending is. Mm-hmm. then not only do you have expectations about how it should be done, but you also have the stakes are kind of lower yeah, you because know you know what live. happens yeah. to them. You Well, you know, well, he doesn't live. He gets killed by his own son in The Force Awakens. What I'm saying is he lives through that film. He will live through that right. film. So, so the stakes for that film. Yes. Yeah. You So, and again, this is why I think if it's a scrapped Boba Fett idea, it works because uh, – I feel like I care more because I don't know who this guy is and I want to know more about him and I want to see where he goes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, those are my thoughts on The Mandalorian. It's a great show. Uh, a lot of people love it. Um, Baby Yoda. I uh, That's all I want for Christmas and not like a, a doll. Like I want Baby Yoda. And they call him what on the show? We They call him the child. The child. Because we don't, he doesn't have a name and we don't. He doesn't don't, have a name? We don't. They yeah, didn't give he, him a name? No, they've just called him the child so far. Do you think he'll turn into something? Like he'll be like, th- they'll tie it back to Yo- Yoda, or like there's a Yoda there's a has species? been dead for five years when this but it is, fella comes was, on the was scene. Was Yoda like a type of a type of thing that like there are more of things that look like him? Oh yeah, he's from the same species. Okay. Um, I don't want to say too much more than that because I'd like you to watch the show. But okay. how uh, will I if I don't have Disney Plus? I have Disney Plus. I'll just come and stay at your house. We'll have to watch it at my house. <laughs> okay. You think I don't want to watch? I've already seen the first three episodes twice. Okay. Um, and every time I see Baby Yoda, it's like a, this feeling of peace washes over me. Interesting. And Nicole is not someone who is like me, where like it, she just like collapses on the floor if she sees something cute. So this, I care. This this, you, ba- this baby must be super cute for you to have that that kind of re- 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 reaction. I I wake up at night sometimes thinking about Baby Yoda. Where is he? What is he doing? <laughs> is he being fed? Oh my god! Does the Mandalorian have to change his diapers? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I feel like we've talked along enough. So much about Star Wars. <laughs> um, I could go on. We could literally change this into a podcast about Star Wars, and I would never run out of things to talk. <laughs> and I would about. just sit there going, "Hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, okay." <laughs> uh. Shall we talk about broadcasting Christmas? Yes, please. Let's broadcast. Broadcast the Christmas. Let's broadcast it. Oh, suddenly everybody remembers how to get to Stanford. <laughs> you know, you and Patrice should really look into carpooling. Ah, that's good advice. So what brings you all the way back here? Well, I hear some congratulations are in order. Thank you. And after that publicity stunt you pulled, how could they say no? Yeah, I'm so irresistible. I mean, that's why I've been at the lowest rated station in Stanford for a decade. Hey, I invited you to come to New York. You're the one who decided to stay here, remember? I'm just looking out for you. Oh, you're looking out for me? Well, come on, Em. The network pulling you in like that is just a big rating stunt. 
you're that fun thing from the internet, you know, like a five-year-old banging out jingle bells on the keyboard. Did you just compare me to a five-year-old? Saying you're a novelty. It's going to wear off in a few days. And this has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that we're up for the same job again. Em, I know you. You're a reporter. You like being out in the field. On a show like Rise and Shine, you're stuck behind a desk sharing personal stories. I'm a little worried people won't find you relatable. Well, I think you're worried that they will. Okay, uh, Broadcasting Christmas um, is... Why did we choose this, Why did we choose this? Well, uh, as I said in the intro, um, so Topher Payne wrote this film, and he has written a lot of Hallmark movies. He's written, actually, I think three Hallmark Christmas movies, and then, like, two other, maybe one or two other Hallmark films. Mm -hmm. Um, Topher Payne is a uh, beloved Atlanta playwright. He's Mm -hmm. written, I I don't have a list of his plays in front of me right right now because as we have demonstrated on this show in the past, we we don't do research. No journalistic integrity. But I have seen personally, we saw uh, Morningside. Morningside, which was excellent. Fabulous. Fantastic story, fantastic dialogue and characters. His dialogue is razor sharp. His cultural references are fucking on point. uh, He writes Southern women so well. Yes. He writes older women so well. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, all the things that we love about these iconic Southern events, like having a baby shower or whatever, uh, you know, so he does really, he's an excellent writer um, yeah. and he's written a ton of stuff. So he's written Morningside, a perfect arrangement, I think is something that's been recently going around. Um, he's published and uh, his plays are put up outside of Atlanta. Yeah. So in other cities, not just here. Yeah. Um, uh, the first Topher Payne, play i ever saw was angry fags which was like this incredible play which they recently just did a uh this was Mm pre-trump and they recently did a sort of like a revival of it where he like rewrote some of the ending i think to include uh you know the idea that this could take that was taking place in a post-Trump era Mm, um unfortunately I didn't get out to see that version but I would have loved to it's a really really good play so Topher is amazing um in fact we had the the joy of having him on our other show the feminine mistake podcast as a guest he was a guest in season two it was striptease uh which was a film that he picked we usually pick the films but we were like uh, you're coming on the show and that's amazing. What do you want to do? And he picked this weird 90s film uh, <laughs> that it was Demi Moore. A, just a joy to have him. We had a blast recording that episode. Um, so you can check him out on the Feminine Mistake podcast from season two, Striptease. All of the episodes about Striptease, uh, he was in those. Um, so we were when we were thinking about like what to do uh, this month, and we we're thinking about like it's the holidays, like it'd be fun to do a Christmas movie. I mean, what, duh. What it's better gotta... way to celebrate the holidays in Georgia than a Hallmark film written by one of our friends? Absolutely. Um, so we looked through the Hallmark films that he had written, and. Uh, this was the only one that we could stream legally. <laughs> so uh, also when I watched, because I was like, I can probably get access to the others. I sent tra- uh, Sarah some trailers and I was secretly hoping that Broadcasting Christmas would be your pick because it just seemed kind of bananas. I was like, Melissa Joan Hartson at Dean Kane, 
uh, I feel like you can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was overjoyed when Sarah was like, this, we should do this one. Yes. And so here we are broadcasting Christmas. Yes. Um, do you have any like a like we so we've got our five that we each get to five things right so uh-huh. uh, why don't you go first Sarah what's something about broadcasting Christmas that you'd like to talk about well I hate the fact that I saw the po- poster and stuff and didn't know that Melissa Joan Hart and Dean Cain were in this like how did I not recognize <laughs> them on the poster like well, well as soon as it started I was like oh my god Melissa Joan Hart they're very retouched. It's a very True. retouched photo. True. So, I mean, you know, Hallmark posters. This is my first Hallmark this movie, This is my by first Hallmark mo- 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 movie, too. I should add that my mother watched this with yes. us as well because she had, was staying with us. And it was her week. first Hallmark movie as well. So it was a first for all of us. Yes. Um. Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart and Dean Cain are in this film. Uh, of course, Melissa Joan Hart. I, you know, I was a big fan of Clarissa Explains It Me All. Me too. Oh my God, you watched it too? Yes, when I, I was six. I watched it when I was six. I was like... You must have been like 15? Fir- fir- I was 15. <laughs> I, was, I, was sp- I was a naive 15-years-old. <laughs> uh, I recall being a tween. So you may have seen it on the broadcast, a rebroadcast, mm. probably. Uh, but yeah, I was a, I was a tween. Uh, I'll never forget her amazing outfits. Yes. And what was her friend who used to use the ladder? I don't remember. His it was name. a guy. What, what wasn't was her a friend dude. a guy? I remember Max or something. That like I, that was like exciting. I was like, ooh, a guy is climbing up to her. Her. her I know, window. but and they that were, started my life completely sexless. I know. It started my yeah. lifelong desire to have a guy climb up my my window. I think it ingrained more in a fear of me of like people can enter through your window at night. That <laughs> seems terrifying. Um, so Melissa Joan Hart and then, of course, Dean Cain, I recall from he was Superman. Superman yeah, uh, I, with Terry I never saw that show. I was a little young for it. And I. To be honest, have never like I loved Christopher Reeves, Reeves Superman when I was mm-hmm. a kid, but I was I've never been a huge Superman head. I watched the so. fuck out of Smallville. Yeah, well, that's because that guy is cute, very cute. I I lost steam on that one after a while, though. I didn't yeah. watch the whole thing. Anyway, back to this film. So Melissa Joan Hart, Dean Cain are in mm-hmm. this. Um, let me take a look at my list here. Okay, here's what I gotta say. This movie. Cram's Christmas. Cram is it. Into every frame. <laughs> like five trees a frame. <laughs> There's a minimum of five Christmas decorations in the frame at all times. Like arrangements on the table. There's like each house has at least 10 Christmas trees. And a lot in of it. them are thin enough to really be squeezed into in between P P P P people and in the background nicely so that it's not just like all these wide Christmas trees. Like they squeeze. No, it was it. nicely shot. I yeah. mean I get why people like Hallmark movies. Like, I don't yeah. know that I'm the demographic, but uh, because I like, you know, you know, I'm like a person who like uh, when I'm relaxing, I'm going to watch a horror movie, yeah. you know, yeah. or like a sketch comedy show or something. But I totally get why people like Hallmark movies. I felt so fucking Christmassy after yeah. I watched that. I was like, I want some hot cocoa. I want some warm slippers. I need to I need I need to go to Walmart right now and get at least six more Christmas trees. Because my house only has one. I felt more Christmassy after while while you were sleep sleep sleeping. Oh, I find that movie to be a little creepy. 
Yeah, all rom 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 coms are a bit creepy, especially from that time period. Yeah, yeah, that one's like there's some pro there's some things there. Yeah, she's got some problems. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Back to this movie. Sorry. Back to this movie. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry. Yeah, so yes, Christmas is ever present. Yes. I mean, even like everyone's wearing red and green constantly. Mm, you're right. Uh, there were some. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart had some pretty cool, cool outfits. Yeah, in this. she did. Uh, I liked her like, um, like green and orange and gold sort of ensemble yeah. she was mixing. Um. So that's, I guess that was my thing that I wanted to bring up first was that Christmas is fucking here. The main character. You are gonna see it. The main character. Is Christmas. Is, you're right. Broadcasting Christmas. Yeah, it's not broadcasting Melissa and Joan Hart and Dean Cain. It's Melissa, Joan Hart, Dean Cain, and Christmas. They are second banana to Christmas. Yes. For sure. True. Um, What's your next thing? So I actually liked the character that C- C- Cynthia Gibb played. Oh, she's the been producer. in a lot of Hallmark films, but so she's the producer. Yeah, because we and watched a bunch of trailers after this yes. just to get a feel of what other Hallmark movies are. She's in and all of them. They're it's basically the same plot, I would say. Yeah, with just different faces. Yeah, and different holidays, maybe. Different. <laughs> It's the same holiday, Nicole. They do not have a Hanukkah Hallmark film. That's a good point. What would a do Hanukkah Har- Hallmark film be like? Oh God! Like I he don't has know. to, you know, he she tries to make him latkes, but she burns the latkes. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I don't know. You, you, eight, you well, know it more would about be, that it, than I do. Eight, eight, eight days of eight days of love, or eight days to love. Oh like it takes them eight days to get together. Oh my gosh! I Nicole, am you this need movie. to you need to write it. I need this movie oh my gosh no seriously like that uh, would make so much <laughs> you should totally do it eight days to fall in love eight days to fall in love that's in my name of my hallmark uh, oh my god Hanukkah movie uh yeah no we watched a bunch of christmas hallmark movie trailers after we watched this just to get a feel from the for yeah. the other ones and they were it was like the same it was a very similar plot i would say but anyway cynthia gibb her character yeah. the producer um she she was nosy as hell. <laughs> she was. She was like, you guys are gonna get to get get. She's together. Like, like forcing them together, but then they get together, and she's like, what are you guys doing? And exactly. it's like, but in were you just not saying in the last scene you like were f- forcing them to get together at this party? Yeah. Anyway. And then you're like, you left some dates. How dare you? You left. Some How dare you leave? Party. Yeah. To fall in love, like I asked you to. Yeah. But no, I liked her too. She was likable. She. Yeah. You know, I think she was uh, kind of like that. I'm a super busy producer yes. lady, but she had like she had like heart. She, she had did. Heart. I was gonna say, yeah, she had heart, and she seemed to really care about them mm-hmm. and their well being. And she also was not was she she was not involved in the whole scheme to get Dean Kane uh, to get that job that his dad called. No, but she knew and about she, it. She knew about it, but so she I wasn't guess... like a scheming. She wasn't a scheming type. schemer. No, she wasn't a scheming producer type. I guess we should say right off the bat, uh, for those of you who haven't seen Broadcasting Christmas, and I mean, come on, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's not Amazon Prime. Like you have to watch it. It's like a, you if you have the Hallmark Channel on Amazon, it's okay. Only, but like okay. you have to buy it otherwise. Anyway, um, so basically, Broadcasting Christmas is about two ex exes exes. Who were in the news industry. Um, at one point, they were both up for the same promotion at a big network in New York. 
and he got it and she didn't, Mm -hmm. right? And then the producer lady, I assume, was from Connecticut also because they seem to all three know each other. The one Cynthia Gibb. Yeah, yeah. That was, I'm not really sure what was yeah, going on there. Yeah, they didn't really but describe it. Yeah. I think, she, so maybe she moved to New York also. I don't know. Anyway, um, so Dean Kane wanted Melissa Joan Hart to move to New York, but she couldn't do it because she felt bad because she really wanted that job and she was mm-hmm. sad that she didn't get it and felt embarrassed. So she stayed in Connecticut to do the small town news. Then mm-hmm. there's like this like Good Morning America type show called R- Rise Up. Rise and shine. <laughs> Rise, and sh- <laughs> Rise up is a different. It's a different show entirely. Um, Rise and shine, America. I almost said Rise Up, America. <laughs> Rise and shine, America. Uh, it's a morning show with uh, with Jack A. Yeah, um, who I love. Uh, Jack A. is the host, and then her co-host is having a baby, mm-hmm. so she's leaving the biz. Yep. Um, and so there's a basically like a, a host off. To find out who's going to be the co-host. It's like the myth- Mythbusters where they were trying to find the next they Mythbusters. They did? Yeah. Who did? What? Yeah. A- what about Jamie af- and the myth- other guy? They left. And so what? they had a whole season. They had a whole se- se- season to find the next Mythbusters. M- what did myth they go busters. to do? What else could they possibly do? They did challenges where they like had to like. No, I mean like what did Jamie and the other guy do? Like what are their jobs now? Oh, I don't know. But they def they have a lot of of mo- of, of of money, and so they sure. can do what they want. Okay. Um. So who won? I don't know. I didn't watch the whole thing because it kind of I I know that eventually it was like a white girl and a, a Asian guy and two white guys. A white. So wait. Okay. You know, like Carrie. Sorry, I just Grant. put a coat on, so you may have heard some swishing. It's cold in here. So it was it was essentially the same type of thing as the original show, where there was like an a- an Asian man, a white wo- wo- woman, and like some more so white guys. Okay, it was like the same de- demographic. So two white graphics. guys got it. I think so. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, One of them had a handlebar mustache. No. Oh. Or maybe I don't know. I I didn't watch the okay. whole thing because it kind of upset me. I was like, I okay. like the old m- 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 MythBusters. I don't want it's any like, new. It's like I don't want a new dad. Yeah, ex- 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 exactly. So, so back to the show. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I thank you. I wanted thank you for that important information. Um, <laughs> so uh, they're both up for the same job, and tensions are running high. Well, first they're not up for the same job because Melissa Joan Hart's character is not up for the job at all. Right, because she's not a name. How does she get to be a name? She viral. does one she of goes those. Viral. She does. <clears throat> She says that she should get the job and like on her show because they're like talking about it on their show in Connecticut. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, who do you think should get the job? And she's like, me, I should get the job. <laughs> and so she goes viral and then they put her on as um, as a candidate. Which is actually very believable because stuff like I that. I think so. Stuff like that actually yeah. does ha- ha- happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this obviously gives them an opportunity to um, mend fences mm-hmm. and fall in love. Again, again, re again. Also, like this might be jump, 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 jumping ahead, but can you re- really re fall in love with someone as quickly as they re fell in lo- love with each other? Were I'm they gonna guess always that in they love? They never fell out of love. Okay, six you know? years. It's a long time. I mean, if they, they were re- really right for each other, why? I got the why sense she go, that go she had him? been on a series of un 
satisfying dates. Mm. And it seemed like they made that clear at the beginning of the movie, I think, because he yeah. also was talking about how he hadn't. So it seemed like ne- neither of them had really had a serious relationship since they broke mm, up. Okay. Like they were just kind of dating and it wasn't really working out or whatever. Mm, okay. They did set that up. Okay. Um, okay. I guess the next topic I want to get to is just like the writing of the dialogue. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, and there were just other little things where I was like, oh, this is clearly a Topher Payne joint. Yes. You know, like, yes. first of all, like I said, this is my first Hallmark movie, but I had certain expectations for the quality. And like, this movie was like way better than it had a right to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was the dialogue was snappy. Like, uh, I thought the, the jokes were good. There yeah. was even a good joke in there at some point about how <laughs> there was even a good theater joke worked in there at one point where like Dean Kane is talking about how his ex girlfriend was, uh, like she did theater, not Melissa Joan Hart. He was telling yeah. Melissa Joan Hart that his ex-girlfriend like did theater and that she broke up with him because he kept falling asleep in her boring place. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, that is hilarious. Um, I also loved, so we didn't talk about this character. What was her name? The the other girl, woman who was up for the uh, job? Uh, 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 Weddings by... Steve, something McQueen? Something McQueen? Kate McQueen. Kate McQueen. Yeah. So... Um, so there was a dumb jock up for the job, yeah. but he had no personality. He couldn't at all. speak. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was quickly eliminated. Um, and then Kate McQueen was like a sort of say yes to the dress type character, you yes. know, like a reality star who had like her own empire. Yeah. The thing about her that I thought was amazing was she was just like one of those catty Southern ladies that would have been worked into a- another sort of script that you would see set in the South, which a yeah. lot of Topher's plays are set in the South yeah. uh, as a Southern writer. And so- and he was able to work in this like perfectly catty Southern lady yeah. into this script that was clear, that was supposed to be taking place in like New York, which I thought was great. Um, but yeah, she had the accent. She had all the bless your hearts and the yeah. aren't you precious stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we chose this film because we knew that we liked the writer and it and the writing did not disappoint. You know, I know you. You're the girl from the Internet video. Emily Morgan. Oh, yes, that's it. I'm Kate McQueen. Oh, it's so great to meet you. My mom's a big fan of Save the Date with Kate. Oh, aren't you sweet? I think it's just precious them letting you come in and be on the show. Yeah, um, I'm actually a candidate. I'm up for the co-hosting job. Of course you are, honey. Okay, um, that is going to be our stopping point for the first half of our discussion on broadcasting Christmas. Um, Not sure where that stopping point is going to be, but I can promise you that it will taste better uh, better than a fruitcake. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast. Um, This podcast is produced by Critical Crop Top Media. Um, We also produce other podcasts. We produce live comedy shows, web series, uh, short films. Um, There's like uh, a bunch of stuff that um, we're going to be adding to our catalog of content um, in the upcoming 2020. So I believe we already... Uh, at this point when this show comes out, we'll have already announced that we'll be adding some editing tutorials to Mm -hmm. our YouTube channel. So uh, come check us out. Uh, We're at Critical Crop Top on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
And of course, you can follow this podcast, the Georgia Made Podcast. Uh, we're at Georgia Made Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter at Georgia Made Pod and tell us what you think. Yes. About Hallmark Christmas movies. Please. What's your tell favorite? Tell us which ones to watch. Oh, yeah. Please give us some suggestions. What other Hallmark Christmas movies, what classic Hallmark Christmas movies should we check out? Let us know. Sarah, are you in the Christmas spirit right now? I am, actually. We put up our Christmas tree this weekend. You and did? Yeah, because we're having a holiday cr- 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 not. I'm sorry, not a holiday Christmas party, a holiday party a holiday at our party. house oh. for our law firm mm. um, next Saturday. Well, deck those halls. Mm-hmm. Deck them. I haven't I'll decked deck my them. halls yet. No, you, ha- you haven't? No, we just, we went to the storage locker and got all the Christmas accoutrements today and the tree is up, but we haven't, we have not decorated it yet. I'm going to put on my Christmas music. I got some records. Mm. I got, uh some of the very Merry Christmas like the 1980s like where they have like you know like the Pointer Sisters and Run DMC and like yeah. uh, singing Chris- and like in excess or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know like singing Christmas music <laughs> that's what I like to put on while I decorate my tree shall we go wassailing? Uh yes among the leaves so green 